Welcome back to the Mrs. Podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the diversity of experiences in Black womanhood. Now, in our last recording, we had a really thoughtful and meaningful conversation with Berkey Klopa from Inner Circle Wellness. And rather than edit it down to fit into our host time constraints, we decided to make it its own standalone episode. We're so excited to share it with y'all and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. So I'm Ms. Turquoise, I'm signing off and let's start the interview. Okay, Miss, we're back. And right. joining us today, we have Berkey Klopa from Inner Circle Wellness. Snaps. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank so, you. I don't know. Tell us a little bit about Inner Circle Wellness. Like, what is it? Um, so, I'll kind of uh, give a try to be brief on a summary. So, I kind of had the vision to do something like um, the Inner Circle Wellness Retreat like five plus years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but it was more so a baby version of what it looks like now. Um, so back then it was more focused on being communal and kind of disconnecting from the capitalistic mayhem of our society, right? Um, but now it has a little bit more depth. So my sister and I, um, how I try to define it for people, you know, we're two women who were evolving personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And we kind of recognized within our own inner circles that women were creating awareness to practice healthier forms of self-care. And so that kind of led me even on through my own personal journey of self-care and self-love, where I've kind of had the privilege to see that Self-care is a multifaceted introspective experience, right? So that we can be like better humans, better lovers, better partners, better friends. And so that's kind of where the inner circle wellness and the retreat kind of manifested from our own experiences. Um, And then the vision of the retreat is kind of continuing the conversation around care, um, self-care and facilitating the work of being introspective. So that's a synopsis. Well, that's great. I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is great. And I think, I think like as, as women and like black women, like you said, like participating in the mayhem that is capitalism, I think on mm-hmm. some level we are all looking for that, you know, yes. like an oasis kind of, where we can just go yeah. and relax and you know yeah. kind of get disconnected from uh our everyday lives like we're always always busy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and sometimes we're often busy doing nothing and not yes recognizing sure. that so um you know being intentional about taking care of yourself especially for black women, I think is really, really important. So yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about that. Um so how has your like how do you think your personal life 
you know, and like researching this and living through it and making these mm-hmm. plans, like how have you, how have you changed how you live or have you, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now? Yeah, so, you know, curating the retreat and what it would look like was really um, the easy and the fun part for mm-hmm. me. Um, but it is a business venture. So being able to identify, you know, the right partners to collaborate with, reaching out to people, having conversations with people um, was really the challenge and continues to be the challenge uh, because you have more doors closed than open to you, right? Um, So it kind of requires me to step outside my comfort zone um, and grow, you know? And so it's, and it's even more so now with the pandemic because you have to kind of be mindful of other people needing to pivot, you needing to pivot, recognizing the amount of passion and effort that's kind of required, even more so now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so also being able to prioritize my own care and deciding what that balance looks like. So even now, like most days, I'm just trying to prioritize being present um, on top of, you know, giving my energy to this, this wellness retreat as well so it's required me to grow a lot and take Mm -hmm. risks and um uh, step outside my comfort zone really newer better stronger you huh yeah right yeah yeah so i was on the website your website Mm -hmm. and then i saw your blog yes you know i started reading obviously but like, <laughs> how does your blog fit in with the overall, you know, your overall wellness? Like, uh, um, so does it reinforce like the mission of the retreat or? Um, so the, the blog was really a space I created for myself um, to kind of share my thoughts and my feelings around coping with COVID. That's mm. kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you know, talking about current events and general topics of interest. So ultimately, I think it does reinforce the vision and the mission of um, Inner Circle Wellness to be introspective. Um, But it really started as an outlet during COVID, during quarantine, um, and just trying to process my thoughts and how to also be better. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the posts, um, I noticed the dates when you were writing them, I guess, yeah. during, like, peak lockdown. Well, first lockdown, right? Right, the first <laughs> one. <laughs> you know, well, aren't are we still in the first lockdown? I mean... Everybody's tripping about the second one, but, like, are we still in the first one? I thought this yeah. was the third. <laughs> okay. You know, depending on the state that you're in, I feel like it varies. Yeah. Um, even the city that you're in some places it doesn't even exist there is no COVID there's no pandemic so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's crazy so one of your posts I think talks about that I think it was the post about collective mourning and it talks Mm -hmm. about what I what I took from it was like sharing in everyone's grief and how like the general 
you know, the general angst of the whole situation is like affecting everybody. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I had a, my question about that was really around like, <laughs> how can somebody, because when I turn on the news and stuff and I'm watching it and they're like, oh yeah, today's death toll, 1200 people, you know, bringing the total mm-hmm. to 200,000, you know. And, yeah. but like you said, like in some places, it's like COVID never even was exist. So yeah, like <laughs> how how can someone like me who is at home like, oh my God, I can't go outside because you know, how do we deal with everyone else's moving on, you know, um, oh we're doing mm-hmm. this, we're over it, we're going to the bar to smoke hookah. Like <laughs> how do we deal with that and like all over the summer too, like if I saw another, like if I see another video of an unarmed black man like getting killed, oh. by like I can't, you know. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do yeah. you not let or like how? Do, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say like, how do we deal with everyone else's nonchalance about? So I feel like this whole year has been a collective mourning in some way. So I heard this word from uh, Brene Brown, who I'm a disciple, Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> and, <I> so, <laughs> and so yeah. she kind of talks around the concept of what collective mourning is and where a community, a collective shares in some type of grief. Mm -hmm. So I think in the blog, I kind of started out by talking about, you know, our first morning of the year was Kobe, Mm -hmm. right? I think that happened in January or something. And then COVID hit. So there was like this collective mourning experience amongst the world, really, right? And that was the thing that like this virus is something that literally spread across the planet, right? And required all of us to lock down and generally be in the same time and space um, at the same point. And so I felt like the this type of grief kind of reminds us how vital um, community is and being connected to something or someone beyond ourselves but how someone um, can share in that experience with you and also provide support and relief in that moment. But now that we fast forward um, to now, as it relates to COVID, that morning has kind of dissipated a bit because people are moving on, resuming their pre-COVID-19, well, not pre-COVID, because we're still in it, but like, you know, before the lockdown. Right. They're, you know, they're kind of doing things with or without masks. And I think even, even that is people's way of still trying to cope. It's a coping mechanism mm-hmm. that's kicking in and it's manifesting in healthy and unhealthy ways. Wow. And in the sure. end, I think people are just really trying to be connected in some way. But I think the most important thing right now that I'll say even as early as um, May and June um, when certain cities started to reopen and masks weren't really mandated yet, like 
you still needed to be aware of how to create boundaries and to decide to assert yourself in your boundaries um, and then respecting the boundaries of others. So being, a, being able to be firm in your own boundaries and why you have them and not feeling like you need to be pushed to a point of shame from other people because you don't want to do stuff or whatever it's just really important to express to people these are my boundaries this is where I feel and having them respect that while a lot of other people are quote-unquote moving on you know people are still in the midst of grieving COVID Um, and it's still very present for folks people have literally died um lost family and friends to this virus um and many people just have not decided how they're going to move forward and cope with that so i think the biggest thing is deciding how to set your boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries and not letting people shame you one way or the other like no i'm not going to that dinner party (laughs) yeah i was gonna say that's gonna be that's going to be people's struggles as we go into the holiday season. And, yeah, I know. You know, I know. Maybe some some relatives are more lax, and they, you know, grandma wants you to come over for Thanksgiving, but you care about grandma, so you don't want to go over. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, I can see that being. And then I think what you're saying about collective mourning, like. For those of us who might not see our relatives, like we're gonna mourn mm-hmm. the fact that we're missing this time of year with the people that we love. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you just have to find ways of still being connected with them. Cause I still know people who have not really been outside since March. And um, it's, it's tough. So I'm like, even trying to be intentional about staying connected with them with phone calls and video calls, mm-hmm. um, not trying to be like, hey, you can come outside. Like, even if, you know, you wear your mask, like it might be okay. Um, you know, people aren't comfortable with that yet. And not trying to push them in one direction, let them go at the pace that they feel comfortable, but remembering to stay connected with those people that are still, you know, inside, um, single or not, like people just need to be connected in some form or fashion. Wow. Yeah. That's good. I wrote all that down. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't. I'm it's, The holidays is going to be... It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. Because yeah. I think around the holidays, too, a lot of people experience their own, like, grief and, like, yeah, depression for, you know, missing loved ones and, yes, you know, around the holidays yeah. anyway. Right. It's going to be a right. real challenge. So, I mean, even... Um, I have two younger sisters and me and my sisters were talking about, you know, doing a getaway for um, Christmas, like going to Colorado somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. And one, my youngest sister like sent us a message like literally in last week or so, like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable yet. I'm not mm-hmm. good with that. Mm-hmm. And we just mm-hmm. have to be like, okay, 
like we're not going like yeah you just have to respect that people aren't there yet. and she's the one who doesn't even she don't go in the grocery store like she doesn't everything is delivered or ordered and that's it mm-hmm. and y'all were so. asking her to get on a whole plane ride a whole plane <laughs> <laughs> oh man i I understand that i (laughs) like even when i do go on target and stuff and like too many people are standing around me i'll be like i need to take five giant steps back i know yeah i know know. it's gonna be wild to also see the aftermath of this like (sighs) you know someday we'll not have to talk about it anymore but like i know for myself Am I going to be comfortable going into a large room with a whole bunch of people? You know, I know. Like, yeah, you know, like a convention or something, or a concert right. where there's a hundred plus people in here. Like, am I going to be fine with it? Right. It's weird at first. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. think it's gonna be strange. I, mm-hmm. I, um, even when I watch things on TV, and I'm like. I feel triggered because I'm like, y'all not wearing no masks. Like, <laughs> what? It, and not recognize this was probably filmed pre COVID. Like, even old. Right. Shows, I'm like, I can't even imagine being in that space without a mask on. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be different. I think we all going to have post traumatic stress disorder. So Absolutely. That, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly. Like you're in Costco or something. Like you want to give me a sample? You breathed on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. A buffet? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Oh, I used to love buffets. Miss oh. Same. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, it's over. It's over for that now. Get it to go. Oh, oh my gosh. How sad. I know. But no lies, uh, there's a golden corral in my zip code. And swear to y'all, every time I drive by it, it's crowded. And I don't understand. (gasps) You kidding me? Yep. Oh, no. The exit on the freeway. And I'm like, why are there so many cars in this parking lot? Stop. People are wild, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's bad reckless. (laughs) So it's crazy. I just feel worse for the workers though because yeah, right. Off unemployment to come up there and like me mom and cough COVID on them. Right, like, <laughs> like that makes me sad. Oh gosh, yeah, I know. Ugh, <laughs> yuck, yuckity yuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some videos. So I scrolled a little further and I read your blog titled "Empowered." And you were mm-hmm. talking about Black History Bootcamp. Uh, well, Girl Trek oh, Black yeah. History Bootcamp. And for all y'all listening, and to Miss Lavender also, I need y'all to be a part of this. So we talked about Girl Trek on one of our episodes. And they are... We did. They are uh, started by two Black women, Vanessa and... Morgan. Morgan, yes. Yeah. And... It's just, it started out as a movement to get Black women walking to save our lives, basically, because mm-hmm. the walking relieves stress. If you don't slack off about it and then go eat donuts, maybe you'll lose some weight. <laughs> like, you know, it's overall, like, just good for everybody. And walking, also, they talk about a lot. If you walk and talk with a friend, like, you'll, like, understand each other better and, mm-hmm. you know, break down a barrier. So, some point during the summer, 
I want to say it was in June. They started Black History Boot Camp, and I just saw it on Instagram, you know, just scrolling, doom scrolling. And I was like, oh, this is positive. So I clicked on it, and you sign up, you type in your email, you sign up, and there's like a daily podcast where they call in, and they just talk about, they talked about, well, they started off talking about women in the movement, Mm -hmm. right? All the way back to like, Sojourner Truth, and they even talked mm-hmm. about one of the ones that jumped out to me was Angela X, one of the first slaves to arrive in oh, America. Yeah, that one was really good. Um, but yeah. and they they have one seemed like every month. I think the last one was prayer. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't super active in that one, but that was the last one. Yeah. But good news, they're all on Spotify, so we'll link that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go and listen to it at your own pace. But, like, one of the things you talked about in your blog was, like, when you finish, it's a 30-minute walk and talk, right? So when you finish mm-hmm, listening and walking, yeah. you always felt so empowered. And I I felt that, too, like, it's <laughs> hot here, right? So you're walking. And the, the calls, like, the original calls were at noon. I'm yeah. telling myself, yeah, they were. time in Houston, Texas is not walking time. <laughs> That's no, it's not. Especially in June. Right. In June. So yeah. I only really called in a couple of times and I was like, uh, it's way too hot. I got to get this <laughs> on the rerun tomorrow <laughs> at like seven o'clock in the evening. But it's still pretty hot. But like when you walk and you're done walking and you're sweating, like, I don't know. I just always felt like I could do anything after that. Energized. You know, energized, like gassed up. Like I hear them in my head, like, we got this girls, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about Fannie Lou Hamer. And I'm like, yes, we're going to yes. take over the government. Like, <laughs> we will not be silenced. Like, <laughs> I just, I felt it and I told everybody about it. And I just, it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And, I honestly, I, I think COVID. thanks to you, I, we like, should organize I, the walk. Honestly, like I would love. That. I, I think that would be awesome. Sounds like a good idea. Post COVID, because right. I walk yeah. on my trail alone. Okay, right, <laughs> right, right. But you know, what do you think, uh, Berkey? What do you think about like Morgan and Vanessa? Like, are you inspired by them? I'm so inspired by. Who's our good sister? Is Vanessa the one that like moved? She sold everything and like moved to Ghana. Or I can't Morgan? remember if it was Morgan or I Vanessa. Think that's one Morgan. Them, yeah, one of them moved to Ghana, and I stand that all day. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she be walking, she start walking, and she starts talking about, oh y'all, the breeze is blowing. It's you know, yes. cloudy. Oh, this <laughs> Oh, this nice lady just gave me a a mango, like. She's having a grand old time. No, she is like, she um, really is. I'm always trying to figure out exactly where she is. So, my dad is from Ghana, and mm-hmm. either Morgan or Vanessa they live in Accra. So, like, when she's like mentioning I'm taking a walk and I just passed by a go, or somebody right. randomly gave me a mango, like, that's real life. That's like literally how it is all the time. And the weather's tropical year round. So you can just like take a walk at any point of the day and, you know, wave at people. And that's that's what she does. Friendly. Hey, y'all. Oh, I had to get my mic because my neighbor wanted to come and ask me how I was doing. Like, I used to go walk with her. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's so good. I, I mean, thanks to you. I can't remember if you shared it via email or it was on social media or mm-hmm. what, but that's where I saw okay. the whole Girl Trek movement thing. And I mean, it came right on time, I feel like, because... I think around the time that I really started to pay attention to it, um, the George Floyd's public massacre, um, which is what it was. And I was really happy to be able to connect with that whole Black Mm -hmm. history boot camp experience to kind of, you know, walk our way through history, honor Mm -hmm. the work of our foremothers in in this country, you know, on this soil, the land where we have blood, sweat, and tears. Um, And then just really going back to like one of my favorite words, which is community. And it was so important to have that, I think, with Girl Trek during that time um, and boot camp being like that collective purpose. But I can't, I don't follow Morgan or Vanessa or Girl Trek on social media on purpose. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if like they show anything about their private lives, but I just want to center who I know them as as Girl Trek on okay. you know via the email. No, you know or what? Whatever. Right. You're right. I don't follow their personal accounts. I just follow the Girl Trek account. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. I can they have a you know like at Girl Trek account, but no, I don't follow their personal accounts at all. Because I think I was oh. like in my head they're like my I don't know. I think they're slightly older than us, but like they're my older because so. like you yes. know, like, dropping knowledge on me. <laughs> and the one yes. who was talking about she was getting divorced. I think that was Vanessa. And she be yeah. she goes off on her she whole be rant going about niggas ain't shit. Yeah, like yes. I love it. Like it's so just, good. She's it's so hilarious. Good. Um, yeah. but I mean, I think between the both of them and listening to like you, I'm like starting in June. I was listening to it towards the evening, mm-hmm. um, but I really appreciated, um, like between the both of them, how they really showed a lot of passion mm-hmm. for the health of Black women and mm-hmm. showing that as a form of, you know, political activism. Right. It really, mm-hmm. really is like just being able to center ourselves. And the love that they even show each other on on the calls, it's like reminding each other and encouraging each other to take care of themselves and like, girl, I got you. Like you got divorced girl. Like, like they just like were talking, like they were just talking to each other. It was like we were like eavesdropping on this. Yeah. Um, that's how I always feel when I join it. So I I appreciate the both of them like so much for this movement, like not only just, you know, hey, let's do this to take care of ourselves as women, as black women, mm-hmm. but let's incorporate all these other elements that make us stronger. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things they said that jumped out to me was um, they were talking about She wrote, their eyes were watching God. Oh. Zora Neale. Zora Neale Hurston. Yes. Yes. And she died. She died alone and like broke and stuff. And one of the things they were saying was like, you don't need to ask permission to save your own life. Mm. Yes. And that stuck out to me. It's like, 
And honestly, y'all, like, that's when I got more serious about making sure I got my lazy ass up off the sofa and went and walked outside. Save your own. Because mm. I was yeah. like, you know, like, you don't have to ask permission to save your own life. Just do no. it. And so we, if you got a headache and you're not going to work other. tomorrow, call out. Forget that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? All the work yeah. you need to do will be there tomorrow. I will. I felt that. So... I love boot camp. I tell everybody we're definitely gonna link it in the description, <laughs> y'all, yes. ladies, and allies too. It's not just for black girls. That's true. <laughs> they they started opening it up to yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Everybody, men and women, mm-hmm. you know, come and join the call. It's it's right. so that you know where where we are. You know, not for you to have a loud voice, but you know, for you to participate. <laughs> Right. Or just not for you to have <laughs> but understand like they just go into like so much nuance and like historical context of things that yes. happened 20, 30, 40, 100 years ago and how mm-hmm. if we really pay attention these things are still happening today. Still happening. You know? Ugh. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> Ooh, I just I love it. I can't say enough good things. And, I yeah. agree. It's, it's awesome. It's really good. Uh, Miss, you want to talk about the strong woman? Yeah. So, um, both Miss Turquoise and I really we loved your blog post about the strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you were you were quite vulnerable in it, and mm-hmm. I think I really appreciated yeah. that you like. You know, I feel like you shared a lot about yourself and your life. And um, I don't think we see that level of vulnerability often. Like, I know Miss Turquoise and I are, like, always on Twitter. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it can be very vapid. And so. Yes, I agree. um, So I, I just, I think we both really appreciated your post. And so, um a lot of times, and I think that what you get at um, women, especially black women, are I, the the strong label is put onto us, mm-hmm. um, whether or not we like it or feel like we deserve it or whatever. Um, and so with that like placed on you, it's it can be hard to be whoever your authentic self is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, um, I guess, would you mind sharing like, what is it, what, it, what does it mean to you? And like, if you're for your own, like your personal definition of strength based on who you are, like what, what would you, what would that be in your own words? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so I'll kind of preface this in saying, um, you know, for a few years now, I've centered a lot of reading and self-study uh, work on 
womanness, black womanness, feminism, black feminism, and diaspora history. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of this post, um, honestly, I started writing um, maybe a few years back, and then I've kind of refined it um, along the way. So the strong label, um, I, so I look at strong and it is an adjective and I think of it as um, a word that women have taken too much ownership of, especially black women. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a word that's most appropriate for like inanimate project, inanimate objects. You know, it's a descriptive word for physical strength. Um, And historically black women have been managed like inanimate objects Mm -hmm. and having you know having this relationship with the word strong that is often rooted in um, what I perceive to be negative connotations that are not necessarily healthy for us like we're often using that word because we're enduring something that we're covering something that we have Mm -hmm. this unbelievable mental fortitude for everybody else. Um, And we neglect our own care in an effort to protect everybody. It's really a defense mechanism, right? It is and it was a defense mechanism to be strong because we didn't Mm -hmm. have the privilege to be anything else. And so it's it's really a means of survival. We didn't have any other choice but to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you know, and I recognize this in even my own lineage, like there were so many strong women, but it was because they often neglected their own care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, there has to be a way that we can look at this differently. Mm -hmm. It needs to be like, sure, we can continue to say that we're strong, but what does that really look like for us now? Um, That word wasn't often used when we, when they talked about white women. Um, And for white women, they got to be feminine and they got to be, you know, prim and proper and they need to be protected that even ourselves as Black people, Black women, Black men, we also protected them. Um, And so we've been culturally conditioned in a way that, you know, femininity and things that are soft are reserved Mm -hmm. for white women. And then as Black people began to identify um, and define, you know, what that looks like for ourselves as Black women, we often used a white woman's blueprint. Um, mm, yeah. And so oh now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, when we talk about a feminine Black woman and a quote-unquote strong Black woman, it's like they're two different people, and it's often divided along class. Um, okay. And like strong women are often maybe perceived as women who are of a lower income class. And then Mm -hmm. the privilege of femininity was reserved for women who had more higher income status. 
So I was like, we need to find a way to bridge a gap um, in, you know, being strong and being feminine and then celebrating that fact. So I guess I'm I'm getting kind of long winded here, but no, I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it needs to like have a spin of a positive you know, connotation that amplifies the diversity of women and the Black woman experience that is rooted, mm-hmm. you know, in eradicating shame, you know, that is so mm-hmm. perverse in our culture and in Black families, not, it's not just for us, but it is often like a cancer in our, in our life and our experiences. Um, and then being able to create healthy communities and practicing vulnerability and self-care. There's a lot of strength in that too. Mm-hmm. So just being able to not like say, you know, that woman is strong because, you know, her husband or her boyfriend been out here doing whatever he been doing and she been holding it down in the house and like, Ugh. that, what? Abolish. Right. <laughs> Abolish that. No, no. Like her, her strength, like, she's neglecting a lot of her strength so that she can prop up everybody else. And that's right. not fair. Yeah. And if things don't go well, those children and everybody in her community is looking at her and blaming her. And, you know, the men in the community get no blame. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we just need to have a more, uh, positive spin on what that strength looks like for us now and then finding a balance between you know that strength um and how to exhibit our softness and celebrate the diversity of our experiences so yeah amen i know i'm still shocked i was hung (laughs) up on the part where you were talking about berkey where Black men and women conditioned, being conditioned to protect white women. And the first mm-hmm. thing that came to mind was when Botham Jean was killed and they sentenced mm-hmm. the police officer, but the black sheriff was there like fixing wow. her hair and like drying her tears. Yes. Like the rage that I felt in that moment. Oh, you my know? That was yeah. one of those things where it was like, is she serious right now? Like she's fixing this murderer's hair, you know? Seriously? Just, <laughs> yeah. You know. Like she's so, she's so weak. She needs to be protected. Right. Mm-hmm. Like poor her, but not poor yeah. her when she was murdering this guy minding his own business right. in his own home. Minding his business. Right. Like, we need to get that cancer out of our lives. Yeah. Shoot. What are some ways do you think that we can, small things we can do, help us like exist in this balance between being strong and being vulnerable? So I do think that they both can coexist. And I think I mentioned like five or six things in the blog that I think um, focus on the ways that they can coexist. But in practice, for me, it it really starts with my own self-study. Like being able to know your own history is really foundational. Mm -hmm. Um, Black history is American history. Let's just be clear. So you need to go read the 1619 Project because I read Yes, and I I stand 1619. I ordered three copies, girl. (gasps) Stand. (gasps) Yes. 
Hey, for posterity. Hey. So I don't know if they were still ordering. I think like um, maybe this was late last year. This had to be late last year. Mm -hmm. But one of the ladies from the New York Times that kind of headed the project, she hosted um, a talk at the Anticipation Park Conservancy. Uh Um, and it was beautiful. I went because I, I was obviously fanning out on her and this work. Uh, and I actually requested a copy and they, they were like, they were still out. They are still back up. So I'm, I mean, if they're able to be ordered now, I have no idea. Cause I was like, well, I I ordered it last year, but it, you just go to like New York we're plugging them on our show, but you go to New York Times Magazine, <laughs> and like if you go to the 1619 Project, there's like a section where you can like buy copies of it. Oh, okay, good to know. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so I think it kind of starts with, you know, self-study, and then not only knowing, and knowing your own family history is very powerful too, mm-hmm. uh, but also being very pu- uh, purposeful with your words. Um, you know, life and death resides in the tongue, you know? And so you need to be aware of how you're speaking to yourself and how you're speaking to other people. And then um, just being introspective about how I feel about how I show up in the world. Like, how can I be my best female womanly self? Um, and then adding my black female womanly self, like being able to show up in all these facets of myself in all the areas of my life, um, I think is really important. So being able to do your own self-study, being able to be mindful of the words that you use on yourself and others, mm-hmm. and then being introspective about how you show up in the world, I think are very um basic uh, ways that you can kind of find how to coexist between your strength and your softness. Um, and then I tell people like you need to take life CPE classes. Like in <laughs> whatever okay. way that looks like for you, like CPE meaning Yeah, you- explain CPE to the people. <laughs> Um, so CPE being continued professional education courses, like when you are licensed in any, you know, type of field, like they tell you to take all these additional classes so that you are continuing to like grow in your profession and blah, blah, blah. But you, and I think that's important, but we need to take those type of classes in just life and Mm -hmm. Some for some people that looks like therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, often for me that looks like just taking certain classes that I find interest in that I feel like will help me be better. So like, um, I recently um, finished a class around pelvic health and sexual wellness, yeah. and it was a six week class, and it was centered on uh, how I show up for myself. Like, how do I celebrate my body? What is she like? What does she love? Um, And sharing and exploring, like, what all of that looks like in a safe space with other women. Like, 
-hmm. And I think it reinforced our ability to um, practice vulnerability because I think you do have to practice being vulnerable, at least I do, uh, because it's, it's very easy for us to wear masks all day. Um, sure. protect ourselves, you know, um, in whatever way that looks like, and then being vulnerable in a group that you feel safe in, that you feel like you're going to gain support is um, really good for your own mental health and well-being. So in any way, I feel like that you can incorporate life CPE classes into your life. Um, it will encourage you to elevate your awareness about your strength and your softness, especially in your body. So, yeah. And I think that's a whole other topic because I think we have a lot of um, miss, uh, I don't want to say misinformation. Yeah, just around, yeah. you know, our own bodies and our experience in our female form. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. But do you think, okay, yeah. tangent, do you think that has to do a lot with the the negative connotation that is given, like, Black women owning their sexuality? Like, uh, yes. a la Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, you know, whenever WAP came Ugh. out, it was like, this is so bad. Oh. Not, you know? but <laughs> it's like the worst there. thing to happen. Yeah, but nobody yes. said nothing about their dirty video, Christina Aguilera. Like, we could go down the list Ugh. of things mm -hmm. and Madonna kissing them in the mouth. Like, but mm -hmm. nobody was outraged yes. about that. It was like, ooh, this no. is sexy and cool. But... You know, yeah. and do you think some of the misinformation comes from that? Yes. You know? um, like white supremacy also? It is. All of it leads, right. all roads lead to white supremacy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Say that again. Like, mm -hmm. quite honestly, all roads lead there. Um, and we also internalize that. Like, mm -hmm. as Black people, we internalize that messaging and don't realize that it's extremely harmful. Um, so... That's one of them. And then, you know, depending on your upbringing, certain cultures perpetuated, certain mm -hmm. things can perpetuate it. And you, it makes it very difficult for you to celebrate the fullness of who you are because you're like, well, I can't do this because this is bad mm -hmm. or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, look, you came in this world naked. What? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us, not that you just need to show everything to the world, but there shouldn't be a lot of shame as it is around your your body and your experience in your body. And then um, not being able to express that fully is a, is a shame. Uh, like I even think about like prior generations, my mm -hmm. mom's generation or like, were, were they able to show up for themselves in the way they really should have? Like, no. Mm. And I noticed that in my mom and them generation, too, like, they didn't even have the words to describe it. Right. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other episode. I that's mean, a whole other episode. Yeah. Like, we'd be all night, but yeah, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, I'm, I'm always in the process of like, I think your adulthood or whatever your awareness or reckoning is, like I've spent a lot of time like having to unlearn 
things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that um, were, you know, Bible back in my time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's not like they, you know, my parents or the, the sphere of influence that I had growing up was bad. They're only teaching what they know. Right. Right. And not even recognizing that, you know, we can move beyond this now. Like mm -hmm. you, you can do more. You can think more fully. Um, but I also think it has with them. It had a lot to do with the way they learned it, and they learned mm -hmm. and adapted to these things as a means of survival. Also. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I know that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole yes. episode. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah. What about this uh, op-ed? Yeah. Um, this is, I guess, so from our kind of our conversation about Black women and, um, and strength, um, you're, you wrote kind of a reaction piece to Megan Thee Stallion's New York Times op-ed um, where she... Um, she kind of discusses um, kind of violence against black women and um, oh, and black men. She mentions Breonna Taylor, and um, she talks about how people perceive her and how she how she displays like her own self expression, like expressing her her own sexuality and, and her own sense of body positivity. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, one of the things that you wrote in your reaction piece is, and this is kind of about Megan, who um, during her SNL uh, performance, she said, you know, we got to protect our Black women. And she mm -hmm. kind of shares about that. Um, you wrote, Black women stood the line and literally helped heal wounds. It's in our history to do so, to protect others, stand up for others, because we know in our bones what it is like to need a savior and one not arrive. Mm, Which, first of all, wow. I don't think I've I don't think I've read such a clear, like, I don't think I've read that feeling before, mm. if that makes sense. Like, it's such a clear representation of that feeling that Black women feel on the inside um, yeah. to show up for others when we know that no one's going to show up for us, you know? Mm. Um, that was really beautiful. Um, so, um, and kind of thinking about... Um, Ms. Turquoise and I talked a little bit earlier about Stacey Abrams and how she brought, um, how yes. she brought Georgia, uh, okay. how she dragged Georgia to the 21st century. <laughs> Literally <laughs> drug uh, by their wigs, okay? Yes. Um, and so thinking about Stacey Abrams, thinking about Megan Thee Stallion, thinking about these Black women who are you know, in the culture, like doing good work, being that, like showing up um, and helping others, being those, being those types of figures. Um, 
What do you think mm -hmm. about the national reaction of the election outcome hinging on um, the black the black vote and black women's role in securing that? And then also, if you just have any um, any thoughts about the role that we see black women in just in the wider culture, like doing the work, speaking up, speaking out. Um, mm. what, are you, what are your thoughts about that? <sighs> so, um, so I think the recognition at the national level between um, Biden and Kamala, you know, saying, hey, you know, the Black people and the Black women are the ones that showed up and showed out and mm -hmm. I owe them. And we're not going to let you forget that, Biden, uh, by we the had. way. Oh, no. <laughs> I was in every email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was honestly surprised to hear them say it, uh, but it was refreshing to hear mm -hmm. uh, and to see. Um, I'm, I'm actually working, you know, on site in an office space. So on Monday after, you know, Saturday had occurred, <laughs> I walked in feeling like y'all should be bowing down. <laughs> Come on. Y'all should be bowing down. Like the work that we put in for this. Um, and so I think it was refreshing for them to do that. But I think we need more. Um, we need more voices to say our names. Mm -hmm. um, and not after we die, like in our living right. bodies, say our names um, and to kind of recognize our efforts and the fact that we stand in the gap for like literally everybody, literally. Um, like everybody. And so, and I, I was thinking about this in regards to, you know, the whole Eva Longoria thing. Ooh, I was waiting for you to and I was like, madam, ma'am, like, really? Like, you just have to interject. Ooh, she just had yeah, they to. did that, but us. And then what was even more like, again, us always covering people, Carrie don't jump out and be like, why did she do that? That's my friend. I know oh, her. Carrie. Let me tell you, this is what she meant. Like, she was no, in Olivia Pope on her own Ain't deal. nobody asked her to do that. <laughs> nobody. Like, Olivia Pope doesn't go here anymore. Stop. <laughs> like, yeah. You need to. Oh. Die on her own. Let her be roasted. Let I know. Her, yes, let her take the beating that she deserves. <laughs> so I was just like, look, again, you know, we just having to step out on a limb for folks. And Carrie was a manifestation of having to do that yet again. Would she have done that for you, Carrie? Like, no, absolutely Ooh. not. <laughs> no. So it's just like, you know, in our personal and our professional relationships, we're always showing up. We're willing to roll up our sleeves. And now yeah. I think Black women um, need to really practice caution mm -hmm. um, and patience about who we are standing in the gap for. Okay. And, you know, be able to demand in each of our own way that our presence be respected. Like, just our presence in a space needs to be respected. We need to just start there. We're not toys to be played with. Like, if you even just look at the stats, um, Black women continue to thrive in every aspect of our lives. Like, right. 
even more so than Black men. So it's like, we continue to be emotionally bogged down by how people look and perceive us and not recognizing that, look, we, we show up, we do the work. Yeah. And without even asking for y'all to say thank you. Right. right. You would have done it either way. Um, so I think it's always a difficult task um, for us to be able to say, you know, um, you need to recognize us and say who we are and respect us. Like, I think that's something we're consistently going to always have to do. Um, and I don't know, <clears throat> like, in the future, what that really looks like. Like, does that look like policy change? Does that really change anything? Mm. Um, and if we're really, like, talking about what that looks like, I think like even at the national, the federal level, the state level, like there's often economic policies and resources in place to create support um, for people who are at income levels that are average. Um, but what I feel like, like for people whose income levels continue to grow, you often get lumped into other ethnic counterparts. Like I think- Oof. For Black women yeah. and Black people, we need to be handled differently. Just yeah. because we have, you know, ep economic growth, it doesn't void us from an everyday Black experience. Um, and that requires you to look at us differently, handle us differently. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably going somewhere that I'm I'm not going to regret it. Don't no, say it. That's why we're here. <laughs> Please. If there is any type of policy changes that should be evaluated, it really needs to be looked at in our capitalistic corporate institutions. Ooh. Hmm. The ingrained biases and the perpetual Listen. white supremacy. Listen. Um, even I could write a book. <laughs> you know, there's all these diversity and inclusion initiatives mm -hmm. um, at every organization, even every. more in the last year. I mean, really just this Yes, yeah, like, who else jobs send a BLM email, mind you? Oh and I was God. like, oh, delete, gosh. delete, 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 delete. Like, I've never <laughs> seen, like, I've never seen diversity and an inclusion, DEI, or is it DNI? I've never seen that yes. more than on LinkedIn, like, Right. Last month. It's insanity. And I, I mean, I can go on more conversations offline on that, but it's just like, <laughs> there just has to be, like, if you want to make policy changes, make workplaces safer for Black people. Like, Honestly, we, yeah. we, we wear so many faces that people don't even know. Like, mm -hmm. y'all don't even understand what it takes for us to just show up. <laughs> Yeah. in a lot of these spaces. So if there's any place I think that there can be change, it needs to be in lots of these corporate institutions. I don't know about any particular policy change, like, you know, as a nation, that would be tangible, but just the intangible effect of just having more respect for Black people and Black women um, would be a hell of a change, I think. I just feel like the people are racist and they're all going to resist it. 
sure. I just think so. Like, and especially yeah. work, like, you know, if you're not friends with like Cooper and Connor and them, you might as well quit working there. Right. right. You just don't I mean, go here no more. Like, it is so really? ridiculous. And the, the need they have, and I think especially as black women, especially, and when it comes to white women, to like the need they have to have you like listen to them in some kind of mamie capacity mm. like complain about Jeez. stuff that's typically their fault right right <laughs> and if if you even be like well girl you didn't have to do that you know yeah well, you now i'm threatened much. i'm going to hr you know it's always a whole big deal and i just i'm so tired of it but like it's, it's exhausting fully, it's so yeah. exhausting but i need and to I think you can <laughs> right like <laughs> It's abuse in a way. It's like it is abuse. It's abuse. It is. It is. I mean, I I think even this past summer with the George Floyd thing, everybody went to put out a Black Lives Matter statement. Like, yeah, I I was just like, this is like more emotional labor that you require from Black people. Right. That's exactly right. More labor from us, as if we don't work enough. Like. (laughs) Or you could just stop being racist. There's that. (laughs) Right. Like, just a very bare minimum, basically. Just stop being racist. Like, and then y'all still went back and voted for Trump. Again. Again. Did we have a change? Like, what was all the statements for? Exactly. Every single last one of them lied. We talked about that, too, about how, like, white women are also, like, the biggest class traders. Like, (laughs) Anyway, that, again, that's another everybody. whole other episode. Like, yes, it is. Oh <laughs> but um, okay. So, pending COVID, right? Pending yeah. this vaccine, allegedly, pending our new president and whatever lockdown mm. we're about to have again. Yeah. <laughs> what are your plans <laughs> for the retreat, like in the future? Right? Like, how do you see it? We've all had to alter our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, because we want to go. Yeah, like because we want to yeah. go. Like we want to sit at y'all's feet, asking for like, a friend, <laughs> impart this knowledge. Yeah. So, um, so assuming that in a perfect world that you know things are much better next year, we're hoping to have. Um, the treat the retreat hosted in person. So mm-hmm. the the wellness retreat is open to anyone who identifies as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that, but it's I'm a cisgendered woman. So it's like there's a lot of things that we'll discuss that will be centered on a cisgender woman's experience as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's taking place in an intimate setting. There will be no more than um, 12 women because really our focus is on creating a safe space for people to be vulnerable. Um, and this will take place over the course of a weekend where we're having like these introspective workshops on topics and themes that may not be traditionally covered in a wellness retreat. So like, we'll like have discussions and workshops around emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. evaluating our platonic and romantic relationships, our sexual health and pleasure, our pelvic health, 
Um, and the, the class that I actually mentioned, the life CPE class that I actually took was with one of the facilitators who we have partnered with for the retreat as well. Okay. Um, and so she will be one of those people. And then, you know, just sharing every day during that entire weekend, the ways that we can prioritize our own self-care practices um, that include like yoga and things of that nature, but not just any yoga, the specific yoga um, that we are um, uh, going to bring to the retreat. It's a therapeutic style yoga. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not, it won't have any online components. We will continue to delay this until it is safe for us to meet in person. Okay. Um, because we really find that something like this is best suited in an environment where people can see each other, like be able to feel each other's energy. You might need a hug, like you sure. need to be able to have that in a space um, where you can see each other. So gotcha. um, my, my hope and prayer is that each woman is able to, you know, walk away with a new group of sisters and then you know, we'll continue to curate weekends like this so that we can continue to deliberately, you know, center ourselves and our woman experience and get together to celebrate that um, with other women. So um, if all goes well, October of next year is when we will look to host and hopefully by then the, we're in a better place with COVID. Yeah. So I think knows? we're all hoping that we can have summer this year, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I, I mean, they keep on yeah. saying there's gonna be a vaccine and I don't know tons of people that are super comfortable with the concept of the vaccine quite yet, but maybe that will change with the new president in place, somebody we think we can trust. So <laughs> Right. Right. Not Mr. Well, if you just put bleach, you know, you'll be fine. Right. You just inject the UV light directly right. into yes. your face. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> recognize. I was actually talking to one of my cousins in um, Ghana, like before the, the Saturday when they finally announced Biden. But he was like, are you going to keep living there? Like in the U.S.? Honestly. <laughs> 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 Like people in other countries are like looking at us like how are y'all like I'm and I'm like I really like I had to laugh but I was like I don't know how we, I don't know they're like ugh over there yes. exactly. <laughs> couldn't be me <laughs> and it's sad like the president is a complete joke a joke him and his wig my god yes. <laughs> It's time to be done with him. So, okay. Yeah. So, where can people find out about your whole thing? Yes. So, here's the plea to all the women um, who are listening no longer deprive yourself of self care activism. Mm. Um, so, prioritize it like you have any other appointment in your life. And go to xinnercirclewellnessx.com um, and join the mailing list. 
the official retreat dates will be announced next month, even though I mentioned here October. Um, we are looking at October 2021. And then as part you of... You heard it here first, exclusive. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and so there will be special offers that will be um, given to people who are on that mailing list when we finally open up registration at some point next year when we think it's going to be safe. So um, other than that, you can find me on Instagram as Berkey, B-U-E-R-K-I-E, Bell, B-E-L-L-E. And we'll link all that in the show notes. Yes. Sure. Yes. Okay, now time for some fun. Since, and I told y'all, we always talk about this is a Beehive podcast, okay? <laughs> we stand with every breath. H-Town all day. H-Town all day, and we are so disappointed that we didn't get Nan piece of Ivy Park, but we are not overpaying. I didn't get my box, so. I didn't get my box, <laughs> and all I wanted was a pair of shoes and some baby socks and a hat. Yeah. Yeah, one of my girlfriends actually was able to get a bra, but she couldn't get the matching piece because they had already sold out. I'm oh like, no! What's crazy, y'all. What's crazy <laughs> is if you go on StockX, the whole collection is on StockX. What? The whole thing, yeah. The whole collection is on StockX, and it's not too much overpriced over the price, but it's just like, why well, I gotta pay a premium wow. now for this? Yeah, I know, I know. You know, Beyonce yeah. didn't want us to do that. Would she? No, really? she wouldn't. No. She would not. And I just, no. it's so irritating. That I don't know if it's bots or who was in line to buy it all. Because I shit y'all not. It's bots. I got in line. I got in line to get a pair. I love the um the the gum sole, the rubber, the the Adidas, mm. the like the they look like the the All Stars, but the the sole is like that orangey rubber oh wow yeah i was imagining outfits in my head like already <laughs> but, oh, but i had them in out. my cart yes miss i had them in my cart and they were like as soon as it opened at like 301 p.m it sold out i refreshed oh, the page God. and i literally watched every single size sell out like every time i put it in my cart it would sell out and it was just like oh. how it was completely sold out oh on the website God. in like 15 minutes and I don't even know how that's possible. How is that even possible? Who's typing it? Was, like, who was doing that? Was it real humans? Do y'all think? I don't know. I think it was. I don't they know. can. People can make bots like to, mm. you know, to like resale. So and they can make them. And all stock eggs. Like every single yeah. piece of it. The shoes I wanted, probably the matching piece to your friend's bra. The whole thing is <laughs> for real. Miss, I looked up the shoes. These are really cute. They're dumb cute, and they're on mm-hmm. StockX for like thirty dollars more than Beyonce was charging us. And I'm kind of, uh, I can't do it. I won't do it. So I guess I just won't have none. Why? I think she's releasing another drip. Uh, yeah, it's like the black edition. Yeah, and you know it's I all want a black. black jacket, but it's gonna sell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she hates us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really think Beyonce can't stand us. She'd be like, "Here y'all big and ass is going." Don't like us, like she really does it. But all that to say, so we started last week with our last uh, guest, Mr. Vine. And, like, if you had to be, like, any version of Beyonce, like, the whole catalog from, like, Destiny's Child to, like, Black is King, right? 
Mm-hmm. Which version of Beyonce do you feel like this week? Like, oh, like album or a song? Don't even matter. Tour. Yeah. Oh, all of them. Cause it's a million of them. Dang, it is. That's hard. If I had to, okay, I'm gonna pick an album and a song. So okay. If I had to pick an album, I'm gonna say Lemonade. Okay. Um, just because I felt like that was a turning point for Beyonce, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, really she. The, I think mm-hmm. that's when white people started recognizing she was black, and that just makes absolutely. Sense. When I went to my corporate job that Monday <laughs> after Lemonade premiered on HBO, all the white women were like, "Oh, it's different." It was kind of different <laughs> at times. What is she talking about? Yeah. <sighs> It wasn't for you, boo. And I was like, yeah, I was like, girl, because it wasn't for you. By the album, And she said, fuck. And, you know, oh, my God. And, yeah, you know. She swears now. Yeah. <laughs> and she tore up their car on the street, you know. Yeah. I was living for it. But they were like, we can't show yeah. this to our children. What? You like, know, well, bring back single well, ladies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, very Louisiana, very Houston vibes. Like, I just love that album. Okay. Um, if I had to pick a song, like, my weekend song that I'm I'm jamming, like, all the time is Black, Black Parade. Okay. Mm-hmm. So She didn't give us a video for that. We was begging for She didn't. She don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she just posted the site that shows you all the Black businesses to yeah. support. Um, but I was like, where's the video, sis? Like, You're not getting it. Take this We need the video. Uh, <laughs> and it never came. I no. mean, <laughs> fine. But that is literally my my song and anthem right now. Nice. Miss Lavender, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Freedom from Lemonade. Okay. Because... Because we got a new president. <laughs> we got a new president. <laughs> We've been liberated oh from um, Mango Mussolini. <laughs> and so, you know, girls was dancing in the street, right. dancing in the rain, yeah. you know. So, Miss, I think I said that too, because I was like, ooh, we like to party, Beyonce. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because Evelyn like is gone, so now we can peel out our suits and be like, hey, right. we out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm still with Berkey's cousin, like, so, like, you live there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cousin, come get us, we tired. Okay. <laughs> this was great. Um Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. You yeah. are welcome yeah, to the show, friend of the show. We are mm-hmm. so glad to have you. Come back anytime that you want. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I listen, so I've been enjoying that. Yes, listen. Come on. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and like us on iTunes. Five oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Miss, where can the people find us? Um, they can follow us on Twitter and let's see, Twitter at um, B O K Mrs Pod at on Instagram at the B O K Mrs Pod and on Facebook um, B O K Mrs Pod. Nice. And you can also email us 
blkmrspod at gmail.com. Yes, we love it. And we follow back. So mm-hmm. this was great, y'all. I also asking for a friend. Can't wait to sign up for the retreat. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just need my whole like spirit rearranged. I think that would yeah. be beautiful. That's right. Yeah. And uh yeah, Berkey, like come back to the show anytime. Thank you for Thanks, coming. Thanks, Berkey. Again. Thank y'all. We're gonna play some little corny exit music. <laughs> but yeah, we love it. Okay. I'ma sign off. <laughs> All right, miss. Okay, miss. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.